Hello, movie lovers and movie haters. You're listening to Does It Suck, a podcast where we talk about movies that may or may not be terrible. I'm Sam. I'm Chris. I'm Stefan. Sound a little more excited, Stefan. You know, I'm, I'm getting over a cold here, guys. Give me a break. <laughs> so, wait, do you think Sam's cold that he has during the recording of this podcast was given... Just I mean, we can't include this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we. I think I, I think everyone's figured out by now that we record, watch the movie one day, and then do this part another day. I think I think it's time that we can openly admit it and address it. Right. Yeah. If okay. not, if not, this is this we, is the big this is the big reveal of episode four. Is that <laughs> in case you didn't know, Sam accidentally gave his cold from watching what happens in Vegas to Stefan during the discussion of what happens in Vegas. I told you we shouldn't hold hands while watching it. <laughs> but I get so yeah, I, I get, get really so sad. I get scared. <laughs> we have, clearly have different reactions to watching <laughs> cinema. It's it's just the lights go down and yeah. But uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> speaking of being sad and scared, the uh, movie that we watched this week is um, What Happens in Vegas from 2008. Featuring Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz. Directed by Todd Vaughn? Tom, Tom Vaughn? Tom Vaughn. Tom Vaughn. Tom Vaughn. Uh, the thing is, like, yeah, honestly, I, I feel like the director of this film is, like, pretty irrelevant. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think using the expression, the filmmakers applies in this case, because I'm <laughs> sure most decisions were made by committee when it came to this movie. Probably true. All right, so who wants to, who wants to give us a, a quick rundown of what happens in Vegas? So the movie, the movie, I'll, I'll take a, okay, I'll take okay. a step. Yeah, the movie it. starts in uh, the movie starts in New York, where Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher are both living fairly unhappy lives uh, for different, completely different reasons, uh, and both of them have something pretty terrible happen to them, and as a result, they both, with the help of their kind of annoying sidekick friends, decide to travel to Las Vegas, where a series of goofy mishaps leads to them. Ending up in the same hotel room and then spending uh, the night partying together and getting wasted uh, and then finding out in the morning that Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher, while blackout drunk, got uh, married to each other. After a night of debauchery, they, they agree that uh, divorce is the best course of action um, for these two total polar opposites who should never, ever be together, definitely for sure, until Ashton Kutcher wins $3 million dollars at the slot machine with a quarter that came from Cameron Diaz. So, which complicates the divorce. And the judge, who wacky guy that he is, decides that they have to be stay married for six months before he will grant an annulment of the marriage and before the money can go to any one party. Um, which forces uh, Cameron Diaz to move into Ashton Kutcher's uh, apartment in Dumbo and wacky adventures ensue as they tr- learn to live together and try to drive each other crazy in order to win sole control of the $3 million. Although the $3 million is pretty quickly, like, completely forgotten about and just turns into them, like, tormenting each other and then, like, into them almost making out for a while. Yeah, and then, and then uh, eventually Cameron Diaz's uh, ex-boyfriend comes back into the picture to complicate things right as they're beginning to fall in love, but ultimately, uh, true love prevails, and... Or something. <laughs> and money. Mo- true love and money prevails, and they uh, live happily ever after, 
on the beach. <laughs> For some reason, they had band on the beach instead of in Las Vegas. But Stefan, just because a movie ends somewhere doesn't mean the rest of the, their lives <laughs> continue. Do you, do you know how movies work, Stefan? <laughs> so the 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 movie uh, came out in two thousand eight and is is definitely in some ways a star vehicle for the two leads, um, Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz. Um, Cameron Diaz has long been a star of romantic comedies. It's pretty much been her bread and butter her entire career. And then the the flip side of that is uh, Ashton Kutcher, who after that seventy show did a couple of serious movies um, like The Butterfly Effect. And uh, serious in quotation marks. <laughs> and uh, that movie, The Guardian, about the Coast Guard with Kevin Costner, none of which did particularly well, or like his performance was well reviewed in. And so he kind of, this was the beginning of his return to romantic comedy. This began a string of romantic comedy movies, you know, with some blonde version of Cameron Diaz, usually like the lesser version. Like he, he did Killers with uh, Catherine Heigl. Mm. Uh, like a year after this, and then no strings attached. Who was in No Strings Attached? Well, that's with uh, Mila Kunis. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, she's not the one in Friends with Benefits. No, that's Natalie Portman. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh wait. Oh, that. Well, that was a thing that happened when those came out in the same year. So. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Is do you think, of 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 No Strings Attached and uh, Friends with Benefits, which one is the deep impact? Of those two movies, <laughs> I think I think which one is the ants of those two <laughs> movies? <laughs> there you go. I think I think uh, the one with Ashton Kutcher is the ants of those two movies because I feel like people talked about the <clears throat> Justin Timberlake, Miles Kunis one much more favorably. But we digress. Yeah, the film was made for about thirty-five million dollars and went on to make about eighty-five million dollars in the U.S. and then around two hundred twenty million dollars uh, worldwide. Um, so it actually ended up doing pretty well in the box office, although critically not so much. So I mean, part of part of what we're interested in watching it and talking about it is is figuring out um, what it is that could make a movie that is fairly uh, critically panned uh, nonetheless be financially successful. And I think that's what's interesting about this movie, or one of the things that and, and like whether or not we could see Ashton Kutcher without a shirt on. That's 100% guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) No question. Uh, So without further ado, uh, here's a super cut of us watching the movie, making jokes over it, and then us trying to make sense of it. This isn't Vegas. Is that New York? We don't start in Vegas. Well, that doesn't bode well. Brutal. No lip kiss. (laughs) Nothing good ever happens at the beginning of Mm rom-coms, though. This is. I like this. Yeah, this is this is good. Vegas, 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 Vegas. <laughs> right from Dumbo to Vegas. Yeah. That was great. That was I, a great. That was a great uh, parallel editing. Scene. Yeah, I I actually thought they were going to be in the same bar. I thought that's where that was going, but nonetheless, <laughs> I really <laughs> dug it. Have you guys seen, I, I feel like Cameron Diaz's skin tone has changed from, from scene to scene. Like, she was, like, very fake tan in the last scene. Hmm. Well, the thing is, that was her naked scene, one of her naked scenes of the movie, so maybe she, like, prepared for it. Wait. What is that joke about? It was a period joke. 
<sighs> yeah. But it's a it's a girl movie, so it's okay. Well, yeah, girl movie, but directed by a man. Definitely something going on there. <laughs> At least this movie passes the Bechdel test. Right. We've we've finally all right. <laughs> all right. We check that off the list. <laughs> we finally passed the Bechdel test. Like, that's how you know there's nothing wrong with this movie otherwise. Yeah. See, look at her skin in this one. Yeah. Who are the other people in court right now who are interested in this? <laughs> right, the, the, the people who come to Las Vegas to watch the trials about the Las Vegas weddings. Wait, are they, are they still in Vegas? I don't know. I, let, I like to think about it that way. I think it's... I think... They've got they've got special chapels in Vegas for weddings, and they've also got special courts in Vegas to, to annul those same weddings. I would love, except he should be dressed up as Elvis, <laughs> right? Oh no, that's New York. I've filmed there actually. I do I do like the the like the intercutting of like their two the two relationships. I think it's yeah. kind of interesting. It's just the sidekicks are just like not interesting, right? Yeah. It's also like you know how much how much do you think Ashton Kutcher's paying for this <laughs> huge studio apartment in Manhattan? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is it in Manhattan or is it in Brooklyn? This is uh, two thousand eight. I think it has to be Manhattan. Yeah. Right, but they did leave for the airport from Dumbo. <laughs> oh my god. What what perc- what percentage of the jokes in this movie have been? Have been gay jokes, gay and retarded jokes, like forty percent. I honestly like was expecting more. Hmm. Wait, gray parallel editing. Yeah, hmm. nice. Okay, how far are we into the movie? I want to take bets on when they're gonna make out. Hmm. Is wait, is it this scene? Well, I oh, feel wait. like it's what? this oh, scene. Wait. Honestly, no, I, it can't be. Is it, we're too early, right? Oh, they're really close to each other. Camera's moving in. Camera's coming in. Wow, you can oh. cut the sexual tension with a knife. <laughs> I like it. It's like just come in to be the horny guy. <laughs> I'm so glad Queen Tiva's in this. <laughs> I really wish I, I had seen his Steve Jobs movie so I could make a joke about that. Oh, yeah. I think that's really like what this episode is missing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, something's happening. What are you doing here? Just visiting some friends. In Brooklyn. We are. Oh, Brooklyn Bird. <laughs> well, they both look great. Yeah. Uh, they're kissing. Oh, they're kissing. Uh, Wait, kissing! What time in the movie is it? Uh, I mean, I definitely guessed wrong. Uh, also, we're getting the... the fifteen. M- hour 15. Out of, so how much time's left in the movie? 24 minutes. So there's, mm-hmm. there's enough time for like one more conflict. Yeah. Sex. 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 Sorry, right. nobody else started chanting. It's fine. It's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> wow. There was no sex in that scene? 
How are they not sex? Can I sidetrack this for a second? Yeah. Tom Vaughn, the director of this film, hasn't done many other films. Uh, but the other one that he's done recently is uh, called So Undercover from 2012, starring uh-huh. Miley Cyrus. What? Before her, uh, you know, her wrecking ball her switchover. Miley Connaissance, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> a tough, street smart private eye is hired by the FBI to go undercover in a college sorority. Oh, God. Wait, who's... Miley Cyrus isn't the FBI, is she? Yes, she is. Oh, oh. we're watching that movie. He's, but but Jason Sudeikis isn't as pretty as uh, yeah, Ashley Kutcher. Yeah. How, could you, how could you choose Jason Sudeikis? Because not only is he not as pretty, but also he sucks more. Uh, Wait, what? So now she knows that Ashley Kutcher gave him the ring. Oh, what a classic Romeo and Juliet moment. How Shakespearean. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you think she's back in Vegas? Oh. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's either Vegas or it's the fucking beach. Oh, it might be that beach. But oh. how? Which would be not as. Because we just never were introduced to that. Yeah. yeah we we definitely missed. We only had. The second and the third of the rule of threes. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where he's going. Oh. oh. Wait. Sex. Sex. <laughs> Sex. What? Why don't they just date? It's it's all or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, we laughed. We cried. Well, only Chris cried. Um, and, I uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, but we did actually, we did laugh a little bit. All right. So let's, let's get started. Uh, so Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher, um, what'd you guys think? Do they have any chemistry at all? How are their performances? Uh, would, who'd you like better? Um, I didn't think they had any chemistry. Their performances were fine. Um, I, yeah, I, I didn't have any problems with their performances, like, individually. Um, the movie actually, like, I think does a good job of playing to both of their strengths. That's true. Though I will, I will say that I think we all sort of loudly observed there are a couple scenes where maybe it's, maybe it's the testament to them as actors or directing or whatever, but there are definitely some scenes where it felt like there was, like, definitive sexual tension. Like, there's... There's a scene at this at this absurd party that I'm sure we'll talk about, where they sort of end up in the bathroom together, and it's like it really seems like they're gonna make out, and it's like they really sort of like prolong that sense, and you like definitely feel like maybe it's gonna happen, and then yeah, I was gonna say that actually that I think it really is just our expectations of like of who their characters are that that's just gonna be like we we think there's gonna be tension and like we expect tension between them, so. It's there, but I don't think it really comes from their chemistry. Um, one of the one of the things I, I was thinking about is um, it would have been interesting if they'd really like embraced the screwballness and they'd actually had to stay in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like the movie, you know, it, it grounds it by bringing it back to New York because then you have family and friends and jobs. But it like the the absurdity of like them being forced to start a life together in Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, I think would have been really great. 
and like you know having their friends come out for one big event could have been like a great climax of the movie mm. where they try and prove that they're in a relationship but I, I I mean at the same time I guess that's actually the point it's like you go to Vegas you do something crazy and then you go back to your regular life and then you're dealing with the consequences of that and what happened in Vegas didn't actually stay in Vegas mm. oh nice Chris yeah also they, they missed like a huge opportunity of never saying the name of the movie <laughs> this was like a I was so ready for them to say the name of the movie the entire <laughs> time and they never did it I, I mean, I guess that's a, you know, showing restraint on the part of the director, but I, <laughs> I just think there were, like, so many opportunities for it. I think it is interesting talking about the screwball aspect of it, though, because the more I think about it, the more I feel like that's where a lot of the elements of this movie come from, because so much of it, and, and, and actually a lot of this we don't, we sort of talked about not really loving is that it's like a lot of these unbelievable scenarios that occur often sort of by chance or by like weird coincidence which I think is very is very indicative of like something that is going to be sort of weird and goofy and it sort of like does that a little bit but also wants to be a more traditional rom-com and so it kind of gets stuck in the middle I like I think I think talking about it coming back to New York is like and grounding it in their life is like oh that sounds like a traditional rom-com and like like, sort of have to come to love each other and stuff, but then it still keeps trying to do these weird scenarios, like like the fact that they end up having to live in the same apartment, and then there's this weird scene where they're, like, racing to the therapist's office, and Cameron Diaz ends up throwing oranges at Aston Kutcher while he's, like, riding a skateboard. Like, it feels, <laughs> like, it's, it feels like it's trying to be goofier. I guess the question is... It, I, I think we all felt that there's sort of, like, a hollowness, and there's sort of something that's missing these sorts of connections. Um, but, like, does it matter for a movie like this? It's, you know, like, a, a formulaic movie isn't, like, inherently a bad movie. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the bad part of it comes from the fact that it's expected. I think the bad part of it comes it doesn't feel, like, well-integrated. I don't know. I guess the idea is, like, like, some, like a movie can be formulaic as long as it, the ideas that it's presenting... Are pre- they're presented in like an interesting or like funny way. Yeah. So like the, there's 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 scenes that are like obviously formulaic, but like that we found funny. Like some of the scenes where they're at couples uh, therapy. Like some of those scenes were really funny, mm. even though it's just like clearly like this is the beat that you're hitting to get the progression to the next. Mm. But like when it's a good scene like that, you just don't. I didn't mind as much, at least personally. Um, right, and yeah. I think I think. One of my criticisms of it is that it, I feel like it does hit those beats, but I think, I think the sort of connecting tissue is a little weak, or I think as Chris said, is a little empty. Uh, I feel like a one illustration of that is the character of Jason Sudeikis, who plays Cameron Diaz's ex fiance, and like he, you know, that's a recognizable thing where the ex kind of comes into the film, like back into the film, and complicating things for the two main characters. But his, like, entry and exit, it happens, like, two or three times, and it just feels super isolated and, and doesn't really connect well with the other scenes. And yeah, there's, there's that scene where Ashton Kutcher says, you're clearly still in love with your ex fiance And I just remember thinking, oh, really? I, <laughs> like, I'd, I'd forgotten about him. Like, I, right. yeah. there was nothing to indicate that she was still hung up on this guy. The thing about his character is that... It, should not only be someone that um, 
left her life sort of dramatically, but also should sort of represent her old life and her old self, and that the whole point is that in her character changing, she no longer feels like she relates to him, or that, like, when he returns later in the movie, it becomes a decision about, like, her new self with Ashton Kutcher versus her, her old self with Jason Sudeikis. This is maybe a side-tracking a little bit, but... Do it. I feel like part of the problem is that, like, their two individual goals as people, or, or in Ashton Kutcher's case, like, lack of goal, they don't really relate to each other at all. Like, like Cameron Diaz is an equity trader. He's, like, a furniture builder. And, like, the ex is just, like, some other financial advisor person. And maybe I'm getting too much into their, like, occupations, but, like, that's also a big part of who Cameron Diaz is in the movie. So, But it's just, just, like, you'd think that as Cameron Diaz became a different person and Ashton Kutcher became a different person, like, their lives would somehow relate to each other more. Um, I, I do think... Maybe we're getting somewhere with, with that point, Chris. Because it does... I think that maybe that's the point, is that we have all these moments where like specific rom-com things happen, but none of the story around it supports those moments. And this is why critics didn't like this movie. Mm-hmm. Right. But it has all of the rom-com beats, which is why it, it did pretty, pretty darn well in the box office. Right. Which I, yeah, that's sort of, yeah. All right, done. I think we brought that point really, (laughs) wow, we're getting good at this, guys. Like, nice, nicely done. We we forgot to tell jokes for like five minutes, but we were, it's because we're being so smart. Um, I I think like, you know, in part of like talking about the genre and like the, this given audience is like, you know, the audience doesn't need to love the movie as long as, the movie is interesting, like, they'll go see it, and, like, they're, you know, not even necessarily expecting to love the movie. I'm, I'm guessing nobody in the audience seeing this movie thought this movie was, like, the best picture of the year, right. but this is a movie you see with your friends, and, like, this is the stereotype, but a night out with the girls, you guys go and you see this movie, because you know it's, it's fun, and it's got Cameron Diaz in it, and... Ashton Kutcher is going to be shirtless and playing the Wii, and <laughs> which is not a euphemism. <laughs> um, and that's that's really like what an audience is expecting, like no more, no less. And I, I think that's like why the movie is successful. It's you know with with a serious drama, like if it has bad reviews, then it's more. I think it's more likely to do poorly because it's like you're you're really like going on the merits of like the narrative and the performances of the leads. Whereas this the is structure just, of the story and how compelling the story is. Yeah, and, and but with the like a romantic comedy like this is just like, you know, whether it has these pieces that you're looking for, and I I hope that doesn't sound condescending because I definitely don't mean it like that. In the same way, if like an action film or any genre film, it's just like you're looking for a film that hits certain beats and is like, you know, will entertain you and your friends. I like the comparison to action films. I I almost feel like that's more apt even than comparing it to horror films because an action film can be, I think, entertaining and successful if it has fun action in it or it has lots of explosions or it has, like, cool fights, even if all of the pieces that tie those things together don't 
really work or feel stretched or mm-hmm. feel or sorry or feel strained and then if the pieces that connected are are really compelling then you sort of it elevates it to an exceptional movie right. in the same way that I think an exceptional rom-com is one that has all the pieces you expect but within the context of a story that is really compelling or well structured or whatever but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to have a good time watching it if it doesn't have that stuff Okay, well, but what about the stuff? What about the stuff that we liked? There was there's a couple yeah. of things that I think we, we really liked about this movie. Um, I mean, I I think the big thing is that it was mostly a funny movie. There there were a couple scenes that were like actually funny scenes, but mostly like through like sprinkled throughout, there was like enough jokes that we kept chuckling, and you know there were the couple that were like weird gay jokes. That mm-hmm. I didn't chuckle at, right? But you know, by and large, it was a, like a, a decently funny movie. And and also, I don't I don't really know exactly how to parse this out, but I'm thinking specifically of the scene where so uh, Cameron Diaz realizes that if she can get Ashton Kutcher to cheat on her, then she can get all the money um, from this weird jackpot situation. So she th- she like convinced somehow convinces her, like, hot friends to go to Ashton Kutcher's apartment and, like, hit on him to get him to flirt with them, which really doesn't make any sense at all. It just turns into this huge party where all these girls are just trying to get with Ashton Kutcher, which... Which is in Ashton Kutcher's contract for every movie he does. <laughs> right, right. But uh, the thing is, is I don't think I was laughing at that scene in the right way because I was like, this is just so ridiculous and doesn't make any sense, but it was also just... That scene, at least, was, like, so lighthearted enough and, like, kind of goofy that I, I feel like I... It wasn't like I was laughing at it. I just was sort of laughing with it. Almost. <laughs> kind of. I was in between laughing at and laughing with. Laughing next to? <laughs> <laughs> that was also the scene that I think Zach Galifianakis gets introduced. <laughs> Who, like, you know, he's got some funny Zach Galifianakis one-liners. Or, like, awkward creepy moments it it's definitely it's hard not to see somebody like watching the dailies from this movie and creating the hangover yeah because they're just like oh that fat guy with the beard is really weird and then they drive away and what if he went to vegas (laughs) side note zach alfredox's character is is a weird character to have in this movie because like it's as though Rob Corddry, like, wasn't enough of the, like, goofy best friend that they needed to bring in, like, another goofy, creepy Goofier, best friend. Goofier, This is, and I think this is the knocked up influence. Yeah. Is they're like, this isn't, we don't have enough with this sort of repulsive mm. bald man. We need an even more repulsive fat bearded man. <laughs> but, like, right, but, and it's also, like, the comedy of, like, instead of, instead of him being dislikable because he's like, Rob Corddry, who's sort of mean and, like, uh, kind of offensive, you also have the sidekick you, like, don't really like because he's, like, kind of pathetic. And like, so, I think that's... Judd Apatow is, like, the king of, like, pathetic yeah. characters. <laughs> also, just Ashton Kutcher is so handsome that you need, like, two, like, doubly schlubby friends <laughs> to balance out Ashton Kutcher. Right. All right, guys, so... I think it's that time again. It's oh, time okay. to decide, does it suck? Uh, two-thirds majority, obviously, is the deciding factor. 
and whether this movie officially sucks for all eternity mm-hmm. or not. I'm wondering also, should we we should we should talk about having some sort of some sort of a more complicated like point system like like. <laughs> we should, so, okay. Things like this you need to bring up before we start recording, <laughs> Stefan. This we have this abstract system that it's 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 not a good system, but it's it's the system that we have, and <clears throat> we've been doing it four times, so I think it's too late to change it. Our all dozens right, of right, fans right. expect this from us, <laughs> Stefan. We we've developed a formula. All right, all right. Well, <clears throat> we'll see. We can we'll talk about this another time. Stay tuned in episode five for a whole new point system, maybe. Um, all right. It, it involves like potentially like physical confrontations, maybe like two of us fighting and the third one narrating, and that way you sort of now have a sense of what's going on. It'll, I think, I, I feel like there's something there. Stefan, what happens in Vegas, starring Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz from 2008, directed by Tom Vaughn? Does it suck? I say no. I don't think it sucks. Chris, does it suck? <sighs> I yeah. I don't think it does. I think it's a bad movie, but I don't think it sucks. Oh. Sam, what do you think? It's bad though. Uh, Sam, does what do you think? Does what happens in Vegas suck? Uh no. I I don't think it sucks. I I think no. you're right. I it's it's not like a great movie. But like we were all entertained the whole time, it's it's formulaic. It's at times stupid. It's kind of all over the place. But we all had fun. We all laughed, and uh, I like don't regret that ninety minutes of my life. Mm-hmm. Unlike the happening, for example. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. So the thing for me is one of my like favorite comedies, rom coms. Going sort of way back into my like filminess is a uh, is a movie Some Like It Hot directed by Billy Wilder and I don't think there's a direct comparison but I think that I think that this movie at least begins to try and and sort of channel the sort of screwball comedy of of Billy Wilder and and of comedy directors from like that era and definitely doesn't do it fully and definitely doesn't do a great job but even just the idea that that sort of comedy is still, still present, at least in some sense, in contemporary film. Is like, it's like uh, I feel feel good about that. Stefan, I think you might have just given what happens in Vegas its best review by mentioning it in the same sentence as some like hot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm giving it too much credit. <laughs> no, no, no. I get what you're getting. You're getting that. But all right, I so th- I believe this is. Another first for us. This is our first unanimous. It does not suck. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I'm kind of. And surprised. Chris's first time Yay, not Chris. hating a movie. Woo! I feel so much less guilty this time. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like we're always just dragging Chris into these terrible experiences, <laughs> and then making him making him talk about them. I, I I feel like that's what happens with us hanging out with Chris anyway. <laughs> um. All right, um, and in other first, this is going to be our first episode to premiere on iTunes. We hey. finally hey. figured it out. This is a real podcast now, guys. Cool. I don't know what we're going to do next time, but... Stay tuned? Um, 
Yeah, we. I, I feel like we should start giving hints mm. of what movie we're going to do next, but that's a bad thing to decide right now. Right. Since <laughs> we don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Again, we'll see you guys next no time. No sign off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you once again for listening. Um, and uh, uh, I don't. Vegas. 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 Sex. 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 <laughs> sex. <laughs>